0: All about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. All about the Savior and the promise of His word. It's all about Jesus. Welcome to It's All About Jesus, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Eagle. You are listening to a Sunday morning message by Pastor Mike Sasso. If you would like to join us for church, we meet every Sunday. 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle, Idaho. You may also join us live streaming at that time. Go to cceagle.org at 10 a.m. to watch the whole service live. If you can't join us then, you can always go back and watch the video. Let's listen in to today's lesson. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. All it's possible for people Savior,
1: to see the hand of God and yet harden their heart because, oh, a word that stands out to me right now, complaining. You can always find something to complain about. You can always find something, well, oh, if God's really good, then how come he let this happen? And you complain against God. Or you complain against God's leaders. And you, you, it's really easy to get a critical spirit. And that's that's one of the dangers here. Even when they complained, God gave them quail. That's another miracle, (laughs) till it was coming out of their nostrils, right? But they saw so many miracles over this time, and yet the very people that God delivered from Egypt with mighty hand of miracles, all they did was complain, and they complained against God, and they complained against God's leader Moses, and their hearts got harder. And harder. And so God finally said in verse 11, So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now I know that you can even look at them. Some of you guys might be thinking of somebody right now who's a grouchy old person, you know. They're never happy. You get them something, you go out to eat, food's too hot, too cold, too spicy, not enough, too much, you know. Complaining by itself ruins your life, you know. If you're, if you're a complainer, you won't be happy with anything, right? I tell you what else it does. Complaining against God, oh, it puts a wall up and it hardens your heart against the Lord. One of the things my wife and I have prayed for when we preach spiritual warfare over the church is we pray against the critical spirit, the pointing finger, the wagging tongue. Those are three things the critical spirit, the pointing finger, the wagging tongue, because people like to yeah, it's like that. That is the enemy of any church, and the and the enemy, Satan, will try to get us all caught up in complaining. That's what happened to the children of Israel. Now, let's just to make sure we've got it right. I like to, I love to listen to different texts and different uh, translations. Let's read those few verses in the New Living Translation. I, I love the way it just flows. In verse seven. Now, that's why the Holy Spirit says today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. I was angry with them, and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath that they will never enter my place of rest. This is God speaking about God's people who would harden their heart against him. The consequences that they suffered, none of these complainers made it to the promised land. As a matter of fact, for 40 years, they ran in circles until all the complainers died off and a new group of complainers, I mean the kids, grew up. (laughs) And so God graciously allowed their children to enter into the promised land because they blew it and God... Finally says, I'm not gonna let them enter the land. And you know what the writer of Hebrews is saying? Don't be like them. Don't be like God's people of the past. Too many people like to separate the Old and New Testament and go, well, that was Old Testament, and that doesn't, and I'm a New Testament believer. Well, here is a New Testament passage pointing you to an Old Testament happening saying, Don't be like that. I'm just telling you. And I really believe normally I would do a A Palm Sunday message today. And the Lord, I really felt like the Lord says, hold course, we got to cover this. This is really important. So here's your next fill-in. There's three serious exhortations in today's text. And the first one is, don't harden your hearts. Very simple, don't harden your hearts. Now, that's found in verse eight. Don't harden your hearts as in a rebellion. Um, It's found in verse 15, Today, while you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. And it's hinted towards in verse 13, where he says, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now, we'll talk more about that. There's a lot to say in that verse there. But what he says is, we need each other. We need to keep nudging each other, encouraging one another, exhorting each other, lest our hearts... Are hardened okay now here's your next fill in though it's, I, I know I stopped right in the middle of it here The the second serious warning is beware verse 12 he says beware brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God now I like to look up things in different translations because sometimes it, it I always like to compare it to a diamond that you turn it you see different facets of it the different translations bring out different aspects let me uh, in, in verse 12 where it says beware you're a uh, Holman Christian Standard Bible says watch out. The New American Standard says take care. The New Living says be careful. Now does that seem to give you any kind of sense of responsibility? I really believe if you just read the Bible the way it's written, the way it's meant to be read, it screams of a valid warning giving each one of us genuine responsibility <clears throat> to hear God's Word, to act upon God's Word, to respond properly to God what His Holy Spirit is saying. Not just read it and study it for theology and, and get, your, get your theology down. No, we need, to, we need to be careful. We need to take care. We need to watch out. We need to uh, let the Lord speak and listen to it. So here, the third serious warning is found in thir- verse 13 as well. Exhort one another, okay? Or I should say it's more of a command. Exhort one another. Why do you think we go to church? Why do you think we gather? It's not just to listen to Pastor Mike, but we all need each other. You know, some of you guys come early, you have coffee together, you set up together, we do things. We need each other. We need to exhort one another. Again, the Holman Christian Standard Bible says, encourage one another daily. The New Living Translation says, you must warn each other every day. Warn? Well, I don't like that word. That's too serious. You know what? If you see somebody straying, now say, hey bro, be careful for that. Hey, sister, you need to stay away from that. We need to watch each other's back, okay? That's what the Bible says. That's why later in the same letter, the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 10, verse 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What's it saying? Translation, Jesus is coming soon. We can't afford to be not walking with him when he shows up. So let's keep keep meeting together. You know, somebody wrote to me uh, just recently on Facebook. It says, "Are you saying that if you don't, uh, do, do you think a pastor should tell people that you should go to church every week, or you're going to get spiritually weak?" It's like yes or no. He said, "It's like I just I just kind of hid the comment because I'm not going to go there." <clears throat> I sent him the verse, this verse I just read to you, <clears throat> because the thing is. Here we go. <clears throat> but talk about a grouchy old man. I'm starting to get that voice. Rrr, 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 voice, Grouchy old man voice. Okay. What would you say if somebody said to you, are you trying to tell me that if I don't eat regularly every day, I'm going to get weak? Duh. <laughs> right? If I don't exercise regularly, I'm going to start atrophying? Oh no, you'll stay strong and healthy all your life. Just lay there. If we don't meet, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 tells us we need to meet regularly and we need to exhort one another. We need to warn one another. We need to encourage one another. Whatever it is we need, we need to read each other and say, brother, sister, we need to be family and we need to speak into each other's lives that which is needed, okay? So a closer look now at verse 12. Like I said, we're going to look closer at that. It says, beware brethren. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Now, I know those people get freaked out when they read something like this. And the whole eternal security thing. Could a Christian lose his salvation? Wrong question. Wrong question. Can you sin? Well, we know you're capable of that, right? Can you look away or turn away? Well, we're warned not to. Okay? So... Forget about the way people word some of these things. I want you to take this verse as what it says. What is the real danger being mentioned here? Unbelief. Look at it again. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. You know what causes... I've known people who once claimed to be a Christian and now they're claiming they don't believe in God at all. Do you know people like that? Don't point... It's a scary thing, okay? Now, there's a difference between a Christian who struggles in sin or a Christian who backslides and comes back. We know that's that's a wonderful, God's patient, long-suffering, loving. He wants all men to come to repentance. You get backslide and come back. We know that. But there's a warning here about unbelief. That's the real danger. I used to have a friend I did ministry with. He had a saying, it kind of rhymed. Unbelief is the thief. That's really what it is okay? We're saved by grace through faith, but if there's no faith, there's no salvation. Or I know somebody, he used to believe, he doesn't believe in God anymore, but he's going to heaven because he said the prayer once. Sorry. You can't give assurance to somebody who rejects Jesus Christ or doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. Well, how could somebody get to that point, right? Well, there's several ways. We we'll look at the way it says in this text here, but you could be listening to the lies of Satan. I was thinking as I'm looking at this text, I was thinking about what Paul wrote in Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. He says, "I fear that as Eve was deceived by the by the serpent, that you might be deceived by this new cult, this new thing that's coming through." We've got to be careful for the cults, be careful for atheism, be careful for the, all the, the things that fill our mind, entertainment for crying out loud, the movies we listen to. We can open our heart and our minds to the enemy, of course. But the most common way, verse 13 says it. Verse 13, Exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. How can you be hardened Sin deceives. Okay? Now I want you to understand something here. Um, I believe that sin is not really a problem anymore because the Bible just says I can confess my sins to God. As a matter of fact, there, there's the deceitfulness of sin, but sin can no longer cut me off from God because Jesus took care of that at the cross. He died on the cross for my sins. He paid for my sins. And so sin could be forgiven, it could be covered, but it's the first John 1, 9 thing. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So sin really isn't the major problem because that can be forgiven. But there's a principle here and I, here's your next fill-in: The first John 1, 9 principle. I want you to understand this. If you can confess your sin, God can forgive your sin. Why do I say that? Because I've met Christians who go, Oh, Pastor Mike, I've committed the unforgivable sin. I'm, I've, I'm lost. I can never be saved. 1 John 1, 9 principle. If you can confess your sin, God can forgive your sin. sin. Forgiveness is always just a confession. And by the way, what confession means is to agree with God, say, You're right. I'm wrong. Please forgive me. Huh? So if you can confess your sin, God can forgive your sin. And that's an important thing for those who struggle with guilt, feeling like they've sinned away their day of grace. As long as you could confess your sin, God is there to forgive you your sin. Uh, But sin could deceive you and harden your heart. That's the real danger of sin. It says in verse 13, exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Here's the real problem. Can I get forgiveness if I... You know, and as a Christian, can I tell you, as a Christian, there's been different sins over the years I've been caught in. I know it doesn't happen to you, but it's happened to me. Okay, I know none of you've ever been trapped in sin and go, "Why do I keep doing that?" But it's happened to me. Okay, just true confession to a a, a weak guy to all the strong Christians out there. And but you know what the Lord keeps showing me? If I can confess my sin to Him, He can forgive my sin. But don't ever get comfortable in sin. Because if you ever get to the point where you go, <clears throat> yeah, no problem, I could just keep doing this. Sin hardens
0: your heart. Yeah.
1: That's the real danger. You think, well, Jesus died for my sins, so it's okay. Yeah? You just see where that takes you. You keep sinning over and over and over again and thinking it's okay and excusing it. And You know what happens? It's the deceitfulness of sin. And verse 13 says, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Of sin, let me tell you, long patterns of sin will deceive you and harden your heart. It's not that Jesus can't forgive you, it's that if you get to the point where your heart is hardened and you no longer want to confess your sin, you're stuck in your sin. Well, let me just show you what is the, the content. What, what is it? Um, and here's the thing I know many of you guys are, are feeling like this is I don't like this, I want to hear assurance verses. We'll talk about assurance. Matter of fact, I've made up my mind that when we get to Hebrews 6, we're going to talk about a lot of assurance verses because that's a real heavy passage that freaked out a lot of people. We're going to look at both sides of it with assurance verses. But see, sin is your enemy still because it can harden your heart. Don't ever think as a Christian it's safe to sin. Matter of fact, let's look at the context of, of the 1 John 1.9 principle. 1 John 1.8 If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, verse John 1:10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. What does a hard heart do? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not doing anything wrong. A hard heart says, that's not a sin. A hard heart makes excuses for their actions, their behaviors, and their attitudes to the point where you will not confess it to God. If you ever get to that point, then you're in trouble. So you know what? What was it I heard? Years ago, I heard that a, 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 a new Christian, um, oh, I'm going to mess it up, but here, here, here's the, the idea of it, is as we walk with the Lord, we sin less and less, but we confess more and more. Okay? I'll have to find the quote and give it to you later. But as we grow in the Lord, we do learn to sin less and less. There's things I used to be ensnared in and I'm no longer ensnared in. And that's another thing, by the way, for those of you who struggle with guilt and condemnation, one of the things that the Lord showed me when I was trapped in different patterns of sin in my younger years, and I'd say, how could you keep forgiving me of this? I keep doing this. I'm I'm ashamed to even confess it. God, I did it again because I know He's going to go, Again? But you know what? He forgives me and you know one of the things he showed me years ago? Why do you forgive me? Why do you keep forgiving me? Because he says to me, because I see a day when you're no longer doing that. I see a day when you're delivered from that sin that you think you could never overcome. I see I see the future. So if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, but don't let that make you cocky that you think you could live in sin because it will deceive you and harden your heart. Okay, so what's the remedy of this this process in verse 12, verse 13 through 15? Exhort one another daily while it's called today. That's why we meet. That's why we get together for prayer meetings and times of worship and Bible studies, lest any of you be deceived or hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Keep going. Keep moving. While it's said today if you hear his voice don't harden your heart so let's keep doing keep moving forward well let's watch for that how many guys have ever caught yourself getting hardened heart you ever catch that huh then you're not a christian no it happens to everyone so we've got to catch it we got to confess it and go to the lord with it but we need each other folks we need the lord And we need to keep meeting together. We need to keep encouraging one another, building one another up. That's why we meet several times a week at Calvary Chapel Eagle. Uh, Now, we meet midweek. We meet Sunday mornings. But there's also small groups. And matter of fact, the scriptures, if you're paying attention to what I just read to you, says to do it daily. We need to... Do you eat every day? Well, we need the word every day. We need fellowship every day. So here's the thing. If you know somebody who's neglecting fellowship, Maybe somebody you love and you know and they're they're out of fellowship or they're caught up in sin and being deceived. Here's what James says to do. James chapter 5, verse 19. Brethren, if any among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. We need to be all lifeguards. You know, you see somebody drowning out there? You go and throw them a, a, a life preserver and pull them in. You know somebody is struggling? Go reach out to them. Bring them back into the warmth of the fellowship. Even if it's just at your house is the warmth of the fellowship. By the way, it doesn't have to be at the church meeting. It's bring them into fellowship. You see somebody wandering from the truth? Go get them. Go bring them back. That's what the scripture says. Now, Again, I've told you before, the question that comes up in texts like this over and over again, and the big thing people want to argue over is, can a Christian lose their salvation? I think that's the wrong question. That, I think that's all wrong because it's like, oops, where did I put it? I think I lost my... You could lose your phone. You could even lose your Bible. You can't lose your salvation. Like, oh, it was here yesterday. It's not like that, okay? I think I lost it. The book of Hebrews just warns us not to forsake Christ. Now, you don't do that accidentally, right? You don't do that by, you know, what what happened? No, this is a warning to the Jewish Christians who were tempted to just throw it all away and go back to their old ways. If you're ever tempted to throw it all away and go back to your old ways, whatever that looks like, this this is written for you. Hebrews warns us, don't forsake Christ, don't turn backwards. Continue on. Or as, as Jesus said in John 15, and you'll look at this in, the, in your small groups, is abide in me. Remain in me, as the new, uh, new International puts it. So look at verse 14 now as we move through this text. We're coming to the end. You can breathe now. Now we become partakers of Christ as we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. And I just it clearly says if you hold what you got, you've got it. Just, just hold course. And he's writing to the holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, in verse 1 of this chapter. And then he says, While it's said today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart, as in the day of rebellion. Now, let's conclude our warning with this illustration from the Old Testament of the rebels. In verse 16, For who, having heard, rebelled? This is a question. Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now, with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. Now, you paying attention here? There's words that are being interchanged here, because the bottom line, let me just tell you, the bottom line is faith. If you're trusting faith and you're trusting Christ for salvation, you're looking to Him for salvation, you're in a safe place. Faith, what we're being warned about here is unbelief. Unbelief and disobedience, though, are tightly associated and related in in Hebrews and of all of the Old Testament. And like I said, the small groups, you'll look more at this. But I want you to notice how interchangeable unbelief and disobedience is. There's two concepts, okay? Uh, Verse 17 says, those who sinned. We're talking about those who sinned. Verse 18 says, uh, those who did not obey. We're talking about those who did not obey. But in verse 19, we're told, because of unbelief. So here's your next, next, I think it might be your last. Nope, one more. Your your next fill-in is this. We're saved by grace through faith, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. No faith, no salvation. Can you promise somebody salvation if they don't believe in God? No, okay? The greatest, now here's a real key that I believe the writer of Hebrews is trying to point out. The greatest evidence of faith is obedience. And the clearest indication of unbelief is disobedience. I, I like to use an illustration that... You could tell if somebody believes me if I say to you, folks, we just got a bomb threat. In three minutes, there's a bomb somewhere in this gym and it's going to go off. In three minutes, get out and clear out. How can I tell who believes me? Huh? It, you could tell who believes me by those who react to it. If you go, good one, good one, Pastor me <laughs> Tick, 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 tick. Watch my mind. <laughs> Your response to the gospel shows if you really believe it or not, Right? Okay, and I also believe all the arguments people make about this—it always comes down to faith. We're saved by grace through faith. It's faith, faith versus unbelief. And I'm going to skip this next verse, guys. Our time is running short, but I want you to—I want to deal with this next issue here—is that we're not talking about doubting Christians who are struggling in their faith. Okay, how many of you guys have ever had doubts? About your faith or about the Bible, huh? Okay, we all have. It's not talking about those who struggle. Oh, but I, I wonder. Sometimes I doubt this. And I, I struggle with unbelief. You know, what, what real unbelief that that the writer of Hebrews is talking about is a condition of the heart. The condition of unbelief is a hardness of heart. It's a stance against Christ. It, it's against his word. It's a refusal to believe. It's, you read Romans 1 talks about this. It's contending and resisting him. As, I don't believe. Okay? So those who struggle with doubt aren't being warned here. God will, what is it? There's a verse in Isaiah that says, a flickering candle he will not extinguish. If you're struggling, he's not going to snuff you out. We all struggle. In our faith in various ways, but it's talking about this hard stance of unbelief and, and resisting faith. As a matter of fact, here's your last fill in it's never safe to sin, okay? Because sin hardens your heart, it's deceitful, and we, you don't want to start going down that road of having a hardened heart because the enemy will use that in every special way. Now, Again, I'm going to not use this next verse. I'm going to close with a total different verse that I put in the, in the PowerPoint. It's 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Though we're looking at harsh texts here, I want you to know God's heart. That's one of the things I've been praying can repeatedly as I look through this text. Oh God, don't let them hear my heart. <laughs> I could get it wrong and mess it up, but God, let them hear your heart as we study your word. Let the Holy Spirit speak. And I woke up this morning and I changed my last verse I was going to share because God's heart is, God's not willing that I should perish. He wants you to be saved.
0: Jesus. He's the resurrection. we hope you enjoyed today's program. You can find all of Pastor Mike's messages and any other information you would like about Calvary Chapel Eagle online at cceagle.org. In iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast Calvary Chapel Eagle Sunday morning. If you are new to the area and don't already have a home church, we would love for you to come check us out. We meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle. That is why block north of highway 44 you can call or text the church phone at 208-891-2635 once again you can get any information you need at cceagle.org there you will also find a link to join our facebook page so until next time remember it's all about jesus yeah, the power of his name